Well, welcome, 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 rugby league fans. This is episode 227 of Rugby League in America. <laughs> I feel like I say this often, but, you know, it's been a little while. I've been busy. We've been having some fun on social media, designing some kits and things like that. Uh, a lot of, just a lot of things going on. But I didn't forget about our listeners. Those of you that have been around for forever, who have followed us since the days of Mr. Nate Gladden, you know, we, we appreciate you. Uh, we're, we're trying to do our best, right? This is, this is a, a labor of love, as we call it. Um, this is something that, you know, we try to, yeah, we, we, we try to do our best for everybody. You know, the, the lads, you know, both Dylan, uh, myself, and, and Lance, as, as we try to work through how we make rugby league in America better from a social media standpoint, from a website, from kits that we design to, you know, stores that we open up, magazines that we're currently writing, working on. Ooh, stay tuned. Coming soon. You know, it's, uh, it's tough. Um, it, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. As those who work in rugby league and in commentary or podcasts and things like that, we know it'll suck up all of your time time that you probably get yelled at for not spending with your family like your wife or whatever maybe your kids who knows <laughs> anyway th- those uh those that are in and around the content production of rugby league you understand you get it that's one of the reasons why uh we have not heard from mr carboni in quite some time that man is busy as hell. He also started a new podcast. So shame on him. <laughs> um, as you can tell, this is just going to be me today. I'm going to try to give you some updates on some stories that people have been following. But really, you know, it's a huge weekend. It's November 30th as the day this recording. And we've got big, big things coming up here. This coming weekend, first weekend of December, kind of close out the year for rugby league, really. Um, you know, we've had yeah, some reports and some other stuff that we, we've been following with the wheelchair rugby league. We just came out with a blog article for that. Won't cover that in this, this episode. Um, maybe try to get the, somebody from USA Wheelchair on to talk about it, you know, because it is a challenging situation for those guys. But go read the blog article if you want to learn more about that, what we've been doing with them and just trying to help cover right because australia came out and said it's all us's fault but you know really they just got to understand the complexity of trying to schedule a wheelchair rugby league series in las vegas right so lots of so just me today for some people i guess i've been a little bit brash and a little bit well Honestly, some people just said that I, you know, I'm I'm negative and I'm a naysayer. I'm not a naysayer. I won't point that out right now. You know, I, I I don't think negatively on everything. I am I'm a strategist by trade, marketing strategist, branding strategist, business strategist by trade. So I look at things in the way of how can we make it better. Everything that I say, everything that we do, I'm not trying to paint rainbows and unicorns and a happy-go-lucky everything is great you know nate was very great about promoting the game and i think we are too we do it in different ways nate was very big on 
you know, on social media, on his live Instagrams and things like that about promoting the game, promote the sport. We do the same thing. We do it in different ways. You know, I'm pretty critical sometimes. So I don't know. So I'll do my best this episode to not just be always critical, but I, I you've got to, you got to understand, like, I'm critical because I want to see things be better. Like, that's the, that's the most important part for me, for sure. And so, not being naysayer, it's not really what it is. It's just me being, hey, we can be better, especially here in the States. God, we can be better. I say it all the time. Anyway, let's get going here. Saturday, huge day, rugby league in the Americas. We're going to kick it off with Youth Rugby League. That's right, Youth Rugby League, Utah is really just ushering in a new era, which is so exciting. In a groundbreaking moment, so rugby league for the U.S. has not really had a whole lot of youth. In fact, I don't even know if we've had any youth. So I'm pretty sure this is the first time ever on U.S. soil that a youth rugby league is going to take place. The rugby league competition. No competition. It's, it's really, it's a historic leap. Um, we're... We're really excited to see, and there's as of right now, there's five teams. You've got the Phoenix, the Bulldogs, the the Rabbitas, the Wolfpack, and the Panthers. And this is both the U17 girls and boys. And that's the exciting part. I mean, man, come on. And I think it's just, it's not about creating a league. It's about this, the cultivation of passion among the kids. We've seen what Utah's been doing out there, and it's just absolutely fantastic. I love everything that Utah is doing with the youth program. Eugene, you're doing a great job. Keep it up, buddy. Love to hear what's coming down the pike. Um, yeah. So matches, um, it's not going to be full 13s. It's going to be a nine style. So fast-paced, exciting action, um, helping these kids learn the game. Um, I think it's going to encourage them, you know, to kind of explore, you know, full range of skills and, you know, kind of set the stage for what could be eventually a 13s youth league and for those of you that have been following along with governance and for IRL qualifications for full membership for the World Cup the youth program is the major hurdle that the U.S. has right now it's unbelievable it's a major hurdle that Canada has right now too you got you got domestic you have men's you have women's you got everything you got a bunch of teams playing but you don't have youth so we'll see exciting part about this is going to be at Zion's Bank Stadium right so for those of you that know, that's where the MLR side play. It's not actually going to be, I don't think it'll be outside because it'll be bloody cold out there, but it'll be in their inter- inside dome that they've got next to Zion Bank. So I'm pretty excited to see that. The matches, they kick off at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time. It'll be just a night full of youth rugby league action. Right? We'll try to bring you updates and highlights from this historic Youth Rugby League event, and then uh, hope to see the uh, the kids, you know, leave an indelible mark on the landscape of American Rugby League. Exciting, exciting. The next thing on the docket is also on Saturday. We have the third iteration of the Super Classico, where Brazil and Argentina lock horns once again. This year, Buenos Aires will be the home of the match. And man, I think this is going to be a pretty good one. This Brazilian team, they've got a mixture of 
historic players, some older guys with some some rising talent. You know, we know about the uh, Brazilian rugby league. We know, but we also know that Argentina has been, you know, they're they're building some great stuff down there. They've got four or five teams. That's going to be kind of exciting to see. This Brazilian forward pack is led by the indomitable cows, the Zilla Ozioli, and features championship winning players such as Bruno Gill and Gabriel Barro da Saraiva. Um, but keep an eye on you know some of these emerging talents like uh, Nicholas uh, Sidorowitz, excuse me, and Felipe Ditz, um, who kind of add this fresh and energetic dimension uh, to the squad. And so, according to the Brazilian team, so we're excited to hear about that and see how they play. The backside line, the back line for Brazil is, you know, you've got Zach Grundy, who is a constant performer and the country's fourth highest scorer. He's going to be steering the ship from the halfback position. And you got debutants in uh, Wagner Addo and veterans uh, Emerson Bertagnoli and Ricardo Bodra, who will kind of bring that experience of youth and exuberance to the Brazilians attacking Arsenal. On that flip side, Argentina has been undergoing some some changes on their team, obviously, with the growth that they're having. Um, you know, it's kind of a significant overhaul with uh, that mixture of a few of the seasoned players just kind of sprinkled in with a lot of debutantes. Notable names like uh, Ulises Silva, Gustavo Coso, and Gaston Barrera. Um, they're going to give that team that experience that they need. But they all have six international games each since 2017. Um, despite the, the lower rankings in the IRL standards, Argentina has just, I think, a cohesive team approach. And they're really trying to build this understanding of league dynamics. Um, you know, they've got a lot of young guys that are starting to play. Some guys who have never actually played an international or played a rugby league match who are coming over from Union, who they're going to be thrown on the field, which could be interesting to see. Brazil were victorious in 2018, uh, score 20 to tw- 22 to 20. And then in 2022, with a score of 20, excuse me, with a score of 30 to 26. So the games are close. Brazil is currently ranked 25th, Argentina 49th in IRL standing. So this Super Classico promises to be a riveting contest. I think we're going to see some, you know, obviously you're going to see big hits that come from Brazil. We know that that's going to happen. So I think this is going to be streamed. It should be streamed. We've seen it say streamed. So I believe the game starts, um, well, it starts at 3.30 Buenos Aires time. So it's uh, two hours ahead of the East Coast. So that would be 1.30 Eastern time here in the U.S. Good luck figuring out for wherever else you're at in the world. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the second. Well, I guess it's the third matches if we count the Utah. Second match this coming weekend. We, we know about it here in the U.S., although it hasn't been as publicized as we probably would have liked. USA, Jamaica. Right? The Hawks find themselves, you know, We'll say under pressure after a series of challenges. The lead up to this clash has been marked by a little controversy, maybe a bit of drama with honestly so much. So a lack of exposure on social media, this lack of exposure drives me insane. We are trying to grow the sport here. There are matches with the NRL coming up. You want to promote the national team. And you wait until two days out to post a anything about the match, minus the initial 
you know, one that was posted back in October for here's our original uh, 18 players who are going to be going. Uh, it's it's mind blowing to me. I try so hard, you know, you know, people uh, negativity, whatever. I try so hard not to be as negative as I can be. But this is just it's really sad. It really is. I can't sit here and and say, you know, oh, we got to be positive about the growth of sport when, when as a as an organization, the USARL has done nothing to promote itself. It doesn't take much to post on social media. Post that you're excited for the match. Get some players to say, hey, I'm happy to be, you know, to join the team, and it, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much at all. So I don't understand why. Yeah. So the post itself, great. We announced the team players. They posted the day before all, you know, images of all the players, you know, who have been selected. That's fantastic. That's great. We could have been doing that for weeks leading up to it. Post every day, not wait to the last day. And then you mix in there the, the this T-shirt for sale to help support the team go to Jamaica. You're promoting a T-shirt, one that is from a marketing design and everything else. And I know I'm not the only one is terrible. It's you have a eight bit font for USA. You've got times new Roman on the back. It doesn't say anything about one rugby league in general. It doesn't say anything about the day, the special event itself that would make it kind of a commemorative t-shirt. And then on the back, you have really what looks like a Falcon instead of a Hawk. Um, you know, we've got to find, <laughs> And in and, and this r- weird rectangle box with some red and white. Like, what is that? We have to be better. There, it doesn't take much. There's got to be somebody, anybody. Like, I, you don't have to come to me. I don't care. Go to somebody who has a little bit of design experience and say, hey, can we create a cool T-shirt to commemorate, you know, the, this, this match that's going to be played? And they could come up with something better than that. And especially... You've known about this match for months. You could have been promoting this T-shirt for months rather than two days out. I, I, it gets me heated, right? Because I, I, I want so badly for things to go the right direction, for, for things to be, quote, organized in the U.S., for things to, to promote this sport as much as possible. And we do. We do on the podcast. As, as much as, as possible, and we're exponentially more, you know, out promoting stuff for rugby league than our own nationally governed bo- national governing body. Why is that? Like, we should uh, come on, NGB, get with it. There's my, there's my rant right now. It, it's just, it's just frustrating. But beyond that, beyond social media, this entire time. The team has faced kind of a controversial team selection process, right? We talked about it previously on an episode. But for those that don't know, the Hawks face kind of an uphill battle against that, this athletic Jamaican side. Jamaica's ranked 15th in the world right now, holds the upper hand in recent uh, form, winning the last two times the teams have played. U.S. is currently ranked 37th and is on a four-game skid. Basically, they haven't won in their last four international competitions. So this selection process, right? A, a bit of a roller coaster in recent months. Controversies started by 
initially omitting West Coast players, then later backtracking, removing RLU players who were originally selected, and then adding two players from the West Coast to the Dead Pelicans on the sheet that got released uh, a couple weeks ago. And that added kind of some extra drama. Did we initiate that drama? Yeah. Debatable. I think the drama has been out there. I'm still kind of surprised that only two players from the West Coast were selected at all. Um, but, you know, despite the challenges, I think the Hawks are determined to, to turn the tide. Jamaica's fielding players who are in top game condition, right? The pressure is really going to be on the U.S. who haven't played, well, any of them probably haven't played a full match since August. And unfortunately, four of the original players selected had to pull out due to injury, family situations, unfortunately, and visa issues, which has led to the addition of three new players. But now the Hawks are traveling to Jamaica with a reduced squad of 17 players to play the Reggae Warriors. Now, this Jamaican side uh, hasn't played a match competitively since the World Cup, but they are all just coming off um, parish of origin. So the majority of their players are going in to be match ready, probably. Yeah. You know, we we hope for a great match. We want to see a great match of rugby league. We, you know, can the U.S. break the winless streak? Not only, you know, against Jamaica losing the last two, but the last four games overall. I think that it's important to know that, you know, I'm supporting the guys going down there. I think the players are going down there. It's a strong team. I think that there's, you know, you got some new guys who are going to be on there. We're going to have an Instagram takeover of our social media account. So that's going to be fun. So Kyle Granby, who's getting his first international cap, he's going to be taking over our social media account. So that'll be fun. Rugby League in America will be live down there living vicariously through Kyle Granby. <laughs> um, the match is scheduled to be streamed, I hope, um, still. I know there are some issues with Parish of Origin, but. Um, 3.30 on Saturday. Uh, we're going to do our best to stay up to date, keep you notified of all the scores and just as best we can on what's going to be a, a match that does have international rankings on the line. All right. Let's get into the main topic of the day. The NRL. Las Vegas. More more information keeps coming out every day. It's it's exciting. It's it's interesting. Um, the, just the stuff that comes out baffles the hell out of me sometimes. You know, the Australian media, they love a good, they love a good um, buzzworthy story. That's the one thing. And they love a buzzworthy story. And they love to just say, hey, this is what's happening and all this. Um, we'll get into that. I do want to talk about some of the stories that have come out because I want to give everybody that American perspective. I'm what we actually know and what's, you know, try to enlighten our Aussie friends and, and friends around the world who, who follow the game here and want to see what's going on. But to start off, I want to talk about the no pads, no helmet, no fear promo. Okay. I'm putting my marketing hat on for a minute here. Yes, while it does encapsulate this essence of rugby league, raw, fearless, unyielding, etc does it hit the mark like we asked this on social media like americans does this hit the mark and honestly it's been tried now, here's the thing like why are we trying to go up against the nfl and say that the nfl is weak you know the, 
that's number one, right? Why would you, like, you want the NFL support in this. It's the closest thing to the NFL that's out there, period. Like, this is the closest thing. There's a lot of similarities in, you know, just rules, you know, that Americans can follow, which is why I think rugby league is, you know, easy for easier for Americans to follow than rugby union. Right. But this has been tried by the, you know, the union competition here in the U S major league rugby did not go anywhere at all. I don't think it's something that, yeah, I just don't think it's something that, that was that great. It was a great, great promo. Very exciting. Aussie fans were excited, like, oh, yeah, Americans are going to love it. Yeah, it didn't really say what it was. They don't really know. I mean, I hope that there's more. I haven't seen a single advertisement on Fox at any sporting event that I've been watching here in the U.S. to promote the game. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if they're going to, maybe this this December 12th is going to come up here, which we'll talk about in a minute for media, for the official launch of the, the entire NRL in Vegas. I thought it would be cool if we did you know, NRL, we're all in, you know, betting is, you know, betting is a big thing. We've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again here in a minute. <laughs> it's betting as a component of this, but you know, say we're all in because they're also all in for coming here to the U S to play, uh, you know, the first round matches for these four teams. So why not use that analogy of being all in They're all in to help grow the game here in the U S quote unquote. But then also there were, we're all in, Betty, we're all in for everything. There's so many different avenues they could have done with this. I don't. That's just my opinion. That's that's your that's your marketing insight of the day from from my mind. But okay, so there's that. No pads, no helmets, no fear. Yeah, it's not that exciting for me. I didn't think it was that great. I, I don't. I don't think you really captured the spirit of America's, or excuse me, of Australia's largest sport, most entertaining sport, however you want to put it. That's part of what should have been in there. Anyway, there we go. So let's talk about the first article that's kind of come out. Um, that was kind of Wayne, Wayne Bennett and Andrew Abdo talking about the combine, right? So we've got, you know, this combine that they want to kick off. Wayne Bennett supports the idea. Yeah, he sees the American sporting market as an untapped gold mine, which, you know, yeah, 330 million Americans. It's a bigger country. It's, you know, we always talk about America being the gold mine. That's fine. Um, but there's th- this, this combine that they're proposing is my, my guess is like, what are you trying to get out of it? Right. I know Wayne Bennett says the potential for success and there's like a need for education and understanding rugby league rules on American athletes, but that's a huge thing right there. You really have to, man. And I know he's kind of promoted the, uh, the example of, of, Manfred Moore, the Newtown Jets in 77, but um, that, that's a one-off. You know, we talked with Ryan Burroughs on the live show a couple of weeks ago, like a month ago, and he said, like, it's tough. Like, that's a big jump to go play from American, you know, football to go over there and play, to play rugby league. Like, it's a big change. So um, there's no, you know, the details of, like, the combine plan. They want to invite 50 athletes, men and women, to the combine and i'm like okay that's great um who's going who are they inviting how do they know who to invite that's my big question um you know there's 14,000 you know college players who fail to qualify for the nfl draft 
that's 14,000. How do you reach out to them and convince them to come in, right? I don't know. That's, that's another big thing for me. I, I think it's, can they do it? Great. I think the most opportunity for this is actually going to be in the NRLW. I think the women here in the U.S. are more in line to be successful than the men are. 100%. 100%. Because, you know, um, Brandy and Vossi on SEN Morning, um, an Australian radio show, they, they were talking a couple weeks ago, or a couple, about a week ago, about how, you know, without the, without getting in the NFL, there's nothing for American football players. And that is absolutely not true. 100% not true. You've got the XFL. You've got the USFL. You've got Arena Football, which is coming back next year. You've got all these outlets. You've got NFL Europe that people have talked about kicking back off, but there's also European football leagues and things like that. Americans who love football, who are football players and love football and want to play football, are going to try to find a way to play football. And the USFL plays, pays pretty well. And the XFL, yeah, the best players get paid well. But still, you're getting primetime television to play football in America. And you're trying to draw, you know, you're, going to, you're trying to draw people in. Like, I hope that they can do it. I want to see them do it. Right? I think that's the biggest thing. Yes, it can be done, and I hope it is done. But I think one of the big things we need to realize is this is probably we probably won't see solid athletes going into this. Like we'll call it division one athletes in the U S football players. You won't see division one athletes qualifying for this or being interested in this probably until year three. And that's going to be a lot of promotion and stuff over the course of years and seeing more rugby league on television and showing that there is an avenue for these elite athletes who don't make the NFL to go play rugby league. This is my thought. Naysaying, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's true though. Like it's just going to be, it's a tough. It's it's tough to change the minds of American boys who play football to go play rugby league. It is I, like I, we know it is. It's going to be tough. Hell, right now, like everybody wants to. If you don't play football, like rugby union is actually taking some of those players and making them play union. There's been television shows with that about that. There's been teams in Colorado that have done this organizations that have done it so it, it's it's a long road it'll be a couple of years but biggest takeaway if the combine does happen which you know all signs point to yes the women are going to going to be the one to stand the biggest gains okay so the second article that came out recently talked about uh you know the Vegas venture in in betting Right. So it's always been a key thing from the very beginning. Like, well, they're getting into it for the betting aspect of it. But, um, you know, the article kind of touts the you know, lucrative U.S. online sports betting market, um, saying that only 2% of Australians will gamble on NFL games. And they took that percentage and said, well, if only 2% of Americans bet on NRL games, the share, you know, would be close to about $150 million U.S. Uh, to bet on NRL. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, I think the big thing about this, you know, Andrew Addo was talking about the ways to drive commercial returns. And I think the big thing that's kind of in this is, is the long-term play. The long-term um, commitment that the NRL does have. So it's actually, you know, we talk about betting, yeah, it's fine, but it's actually the long-term commitment. Like they're scheduled to play until... 20 
28. Five years. That's, you know, two games a year, five years. You know, that's, that's 10 matches. They have two games every five years, 10 matches total. Um, it's, you know, betting is going to be part of it. But I don't think we're that big of a betting culture because we just don't, like, as far as rugby league goes, because Americans just don't know it yet. It's going to take time. So I don't think you're going to see that online betting increase until at least year three, right? You can't have it immediately. People will need to understand the rules and games and how to wager and um, just kind of how to, uh, yeah, you want to tap into this, you know, online sports gambling, which jumped up 75% in 2022 with revenue potential. But, you know, and they, they say like book a bookmaker predicted the U.S. sports betting market would be worth $40 billion in 2040. Um, that's great, but I guarantee it's not that you're going to only take a 2% of that. You know, that's, I mean, is it going to be towards rugby league, you think? Again, I don't think it's going to be at least until year three where they probably start seeing some sort of revenue from that, from the gambling aspect of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of risk, obviously, which they talked about in the article. Um, I think the biggest thing is they just, the cost to, to move people to the U.S. to play, that's going to be their biggest risk right now. And they said it in the article. It's one of the risks that they need to mitigate. So, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Like, betting is going to be part of it. It's not that big of a deal for me. I just think it was more important in that article that we know that they're going to be here for five years playing rugby league, whether it be Vegas. I think they need to go from place to place. It, does, it shouldn't be Vegas every year. Vegas is a cool draw for like one year, maybe the last year. But go from place to place. I mean, they're probably going to have to do it on the probably going to have to do it on the West Coast, or at least in the Central Time Zone and and to West, only because of time zone differences. Um, just thinking about like East Coast would be too early to maximize viewership in Australia for NRL matches, since you know it would be either really late. I don't know. We'll see. Not, not that big of an article. It's just one that came out. I wanted to talk about it for a minute. Just say, yes, there is some, uh, you know, there's betting that's going to happen, but I don't think it'll happen until year three. And But you know, to let people know that, yes, this is a commitment for, for five years. So we're hoping to continue to cover this for five years. <laughs> All right. Article three, that was kind of a big article, is the game's will be broadcast live on Fox Sports 1. So, starting off, you know, people were very excited, right? Um, you know, they landed this deal, primetime American television. By the way, the primetime is only the first match, because if you consider primetime for East Coast as well, you know, it's going to be an 8 o'clock match on the East Coast. So that's, you know, pretty much primetime. The second match will be close to 10, 30, 11 o'clock on the East Coast. So you're going to miss out on that audience, which, you know, obviously happens all the time. You have later matches on the West Coast and you, you lose all your East Coast viewers because it's late. Um, and I think, obviously, being on Fox Sports 1 right now in the U.S., there are matches typically on Fox Sports 2. Um, and for the NRL, you probably get one match every week. Uh, unfortunately, AFL is there was, there was an AFL women's match on Fox Sports One the other day. Um, it, we're just it's just not as popular. It's not the main channel, the free to air channel, the free to air Fox, um, which typically does like your big college football games and baseball and things like that. Um, 
Box Sports One still is part of your cable package in the U.S. Um, you, you know, you don't get it for free. It is a major channel. It is a competitor of ESPN here, which is our biggest one. Um, and I think that that's, you know, they're talking. What they say, nine. You know, Fox Sports One reaches ninety million homes, um, and a primetime air at six six thirty is the is the kickoff. Excuse me, it was this South Manly game. Um, was the first one, and then the Broncos Roosters at eight thirty uh, Pacific time. So it's actually three hour difference. So it'll be a nine thirty p.m. game. Excuse me, nine thirty p.m. game and an eleven thirty p.m. game. So that that's a big impact right there uh, on on the East Coast watching. Um, you know, ninety million homes. Will everybody t- tune into that? No. I I watch Fox Sports regularly, and I haven't seen a single advertisement for it. And we are now three months out, four months, four, four months out of this. So, um, lot, lot, lots to do, right? Um, you know, right now, I think it's you find yourself in a position with the Super Bowl being two weeks prior and the March Madness basketball season about to kick off, which means all your final big conference matches of the year, maybe conference tournaments, conference championships, right before March Madness in the U.S which is a huge endeavor for those of you who listen overseas. March Madness is college basketball. Uh, you know, the big tournament, you know, you probably know. If you're a sports fan, you know what March Madness is. We, we've kind of coined that over here in the U.S. So that's a big one, right? We're, we're right in between. So the opportunity's there, right? So don't get me wrong. The opportunity's there. There's, you know, to gain new audiences, gain exposure, which I talked about in the article. You know, yes, it is there. Could they have done like a five o'clock game? Maybe. Um, but would I would I've loved to see it on the main Fox channel? Yeah. I bet there's nothing on at that particular time. Hell, if Fox Sports and ESPN, you know, will show Major League Cornhole. Yeah, that's a thing for all of you who don't know or bags or whatever you want to call it. Um, and if you don't know, go look it up. And that's what airs on some of these main channels sometimes. It's insane. But I would imagine that, you know, on the East Coast, at 8.30, 9, 9 o'clock at night on a Saturday with no major sporting events going on, you should have been able to get on Fox channel, the Fox main channel. But, you know, I guess we'll go with Fox Sports 1. That's fine. Um, I mean, even, like I said, even a small market share could translate into, you know, a lucrative, fresh audience. So I think that that's just, that, that's a big thing, right? Um, with that, they, they talked about the, um, while they're you know, promoting Fox Sports on the article, the one other big thing about it was like the delegation of the NRL officials are set to head to Vegas on December 10th um, to ramp up promotion. Uh, obviously, uh, Allegiant Stadium is going to be the one that's over there um, for the matches between the, uh, the Raiders and the Vikings on Sunday, December 10th. You're, you have uh, Aaron Woods of Manly, Adam Reynolds of Brisbane, and Campbell Graham of, of the Rabbitohs. Uh, Roosters haven't confirmed the ambassador yet, so it'll be interesting to see who they have. So it's kind of their official PR visit next week, December 9th through the 15th. Apparently, the official media launch will be on December 12th. So we'll see what happens with that and who gets, uh, you know, who gets to come from, from the Roosters, but also what they're going to talk about. Unfortunately, they have not extended an invitation to us to come out to the media day uh, for <laughs> for the launch of NRL Vegas in Vegas. Um, 
who's surprised? Not me. <laughs> so as far as media goes, on Fox Sports 1, 6.30, 8.30 U.S. Pacific time. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, people are going to get to watch it. It's going to be on more in a prime time, prime time Pacific Coast time. Yeah, that's great. Um, still going to have people watching that first game. Maybe you'll get people to stick around for the second game. I hope so. From the East Coast, that is. I'd love to see that. Let's move to the last big article that has kind of stirred controversy, I'd say. And I think when I look at this and, you know, we talk about this article, this was blown out of proportion by, this came out from uh, Love Rugby League and it was from the Daily M. um, It had to do with the American football player, Todd Gurley, a former NFL running back, Todd Gurley. This says the, the title of the article says the NRL opener is set for a 65,000 person sellout in Vegas. Now, this is where things get a little bit hairy with people and a little bit frustrated with me for people not being able to read properly. This came out from Sam Cook um, of Serious About Rugby League. And, and the title says set for 65,000 person sellout. And then the, the main bullet says it was confirmed last week that the NRL season opener in Las Vegas would be broadcast over 90 million Americans. Well, the potential for 90 million Americans. The game is now set for a 65,000 person sellout attendance. That's the end of the first line. The next line is that's what former NFL running back believes with the former LA Rams star hailing America, but specifically Las Vegas as the perfect place to launch the match. So, so right there, this hasn't been sold out. You can go online, you can look at Ticketmaster and see the many seats that are still available. We know that the upper deck has not been opened yet. So people who are claiming this is a sellout and who have bashed you know, online when I said, hey, it's not a sellout yet, but you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're probably close to about 20,000 people, which is exciting. And then 20,000 is going to be bigger than any other rugby league match ever in the US. But the issue is they're already saying 65,000 now. That's not confirmed by the NRL at all. This is, is what T- Todd Gurley believes will happen or could happen, right? So this is, um, this is a typical Australian um, uh, hype piece is the best way I'll call it. <laughs> um, they, they, they would expect it is that it's a perfect launching pad for the NRL. This is what Todd Gurley says. Um, you know, you know, Gurley kind of drew parallels in the article. They said, like, drawing success from the NFL, growing new markets. Yeah, it's tough, right? It's hard to compare the NFL, right? one of the world's biggest sports, to rugby league, not one of the world's biggest sports. Sorry, it's, it's not, but we want it to be. I, I totally want it to be. Absolutely. Um, you know, Gurley was talking about that. The, if the NRL can replicate the NFL success and grow to new continents, major events could become more common, right? To create a significant fan base. Um, I, I think that that's it's great. Um, here's where Gurley adds the potential sellout. Um, he, this, is, this, is all, so this is all coming from Todd Gurley. This is not coming from the NRL. The, and this is where the article and people just took it way out of context and couldn't understand what this actually meant about, oh, they're saying, oh, the, the NRL said they sold it out. They've never said that. There's nowhere on the NRL's website. There's no official statement that said we've sold out. 
period. Gurley, you know, gave quote unquote insight in his expert opinion, believes that the NRL is likely to be sold out due to the allure of Las Vegas as a location. Now, any smart marketing and business person knows that just because Vegas says it's going to be great doesn't mean it's going to be sold out. Look at what happened with F1. It was disastrous. We need to not do that in the first place. And that's a whole other topic of conversation that I'd rather have with more marketing people because of what happened in, in, for F1. It was, it was good to start. And then it went downhill. And then more issues happened with F1 in Las Vegas. And then they finished. And then that was it. <laughs> um, it just, yeah, I think it kind of flopped. That's what the NRL doesn't need to do. I don't think it's going to sell out. Um, there's, yeah, there's all kinds of impressive attractions and, you know, Allegiant Stadium is this amazing new, you know, the Death Star, as they call it, is this amazing new place to play. But that doesn't mean it's just going to draw people just to come there to play or to, excuse me, to watch. There's got to be more to it. You've got to have huge campaigns and draw people in there. Um, you know, it's a cost almost $2 billion to build it. So, yeah, it's going to be a great place to play. Uh, but I don't think that that's, that's the main reason. You know, it, it, Todd Gurley was like, I mean, great for him as an NFL player trying to help support the game a little bit. But from what we can gather on social media, he didn't post anything about the NRL. He was just asked about it as the he was an ambassador for the NFL going to uh, Australia to try to get people to come play NFL and I do an outreach for the NFL in Australia. He wasn't part of the NRL expanding into the U.S. That's another thing. We'd love to see it. I think Todd Gurley should definitely start promoting it. If he thinks that the NRL is going to be big, he needs to start promoting it. And more people need to start promoting it. It needs to be all over the airwaves. Every person who's interested in this should be promoting this match. Matches, excuse me, matches. Um, Gurley acknowledged that rugby is known in the U.S., but it's predominantly union, as we know. Union is everywhere here in the U.S., and that there's some catching up to do. But he does compare the process of playing of the NFL playing international games to introduce American football to new audiences with what the NRL is doing. So it's it's a good starting point, right? I think that that's that's another thing that it kind of draws people in. But hundred percent, not sold out. Go look at Ticketmaster. It's not that hard to see. Ticketmaster will show you one hundred absolutely that there are plenty of seats open. We need to work to get it to be sold out. I hope it gets sold out. But come on, people. It doesn't take much research to show. And people need to be able to read critically articles that are written and to see like, oh, that's what Todd Gurley thinks it will be sold out because of the allure of Vegas. That's not a guarantee. Nor is an official statement from the NRL. Ah, man, I'd love to see it. I'm, I'm hoping and praying. <laughs> Okay, so that's where we're at. We're a couple months out from the NRL in Las Vegas. Lots of things are happening. All, all the time there's something new about combines, about, you know, we've heard whispers and rumors that there, we know that um, Masters League is going to be played leading up to it. We know that it'd be on, I think, Thursday or Friday, probably. We've heard whispers of both a nines match. We've heard whispers of a Hawks versus... Wolverines match, Canada versus USA on the Friday. 
there's a lot of back and forth. Um, one thing I can tell you is just, you know, I've talked with people in the NRL. I've talked with people who have talked with other people in the NRL. And it just seems like one thing that's common is the NRL's operating in silos. Sometimes one hand doesn't know what the other one is doing. That's just my assessment. The people I've talked to in the NRL, fantastic. They're avid supporters. Uh, I, I won't give any names, but you know we appreciate those who have reached out to us to to help make connections and, and things like that. And, and we hope that we can you know, meet in person in Vegas or we can at least help grow the sport over here more than, than we already are and help grow NRL. So, so we're grateful for those folks over there at the NRL who have reached out to us and, uh, and we've spoken to. There's, there's a couple of you. So thank, thanks much for, for chatting with us at the podcast and, and for helping us try to get an American voice or voices, I should say, get, get a North American perspective on rugby league and how we can help grow here in, in North America as of right now. And who knows, maybe in a couple of years, they go to Sao Paulo or they go to Buenos Aires and they play matches down there and help grow it in South America. That'd be kind of cool too. see how that would turn out. Ways to go. Ways to go. Well, I've talked a lot. It's a, it's a big weekend of rugby league, Utah youth playing. That'll be exciting. Super Classico of Brazil and Argentina. That's also going to be exciting. And then Hawks versus Reggae Warriors. Going down to Jamaica, the Hawks are. For those of you that are upset about you know some comments that I made, listen, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not trying to sugarcoat things. I want to see this game grow just as much as everybody else out there. I'm not going to sit back and, and pretend like everything's fine. I'm going to critique the game because without people critiquing the game and critiquing what we're doing, then, then we just sit here and, and everything's fine and is the status quo. In the U.S., we are far behind. We, we are a niche of a niche sport. And, and not that many people are aware or really care about rugby league. And, and we can't keep doing things the same way we've been doing it. I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it again. We're here at the podcast. We're going to continue to talk about it, continue to support the game. We're going to continue to uh, do whatever we can to, to be good stewards of the game, whether it involves some, you know, mean comments, as someone said one time. <laughs> anyway, what, a, uh, what an interesting episode for those of you that have been listening. We appreciate it. You can always follow us online on all of our social medias, RLA Podcast on Instagram, TikTok now. By the way, we're on TikTok. Go check us out. We're trying to do some funnier videos and stuff over there. So we're on TikTok and then Podcast RLA on Twitter. Man, oh man. What a year it's been. We'll have an end of the year closeout show for sure. And then we also will have our magazine coming out. Hopefully at the end of the year, it might be at the beginning of January because we we're waiting for a couple of people to get their articles in. That's what happens when you run a free magazine. But we'll see. 
Always a pleasure. Everybody stay well. Keep supporting this great game of rugby league. My name is Dustin Zare. And until next time, this has been Rugby League in America. <laughs>